Oh, 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 cheeky monkeys. Get on with it. Toppy, toppy. Hashtag buckheaders. That's magnificent. Hello, John. Hello and welcome to ABW Live. How are we all? Hope we're all well. Let's get straight into the chat box. Christian Andres said it's first in the chat box. Then and two three five one hundred. Marley Moe was in then. Daniel Smith. Um, Supercar fragilistic XPR Sedocious. Michael Harneman smashes in with a donation, and he says good away point. Would have taken that before the game, although the referee and VAR got that wrong with the uh, it's a yellow card Alba pulls out of that he, hid, he injures himself I thought it was a red Michael I've got to be honest I thought it was a straight red but also thought Tompkins was later but we'll get into that Daniel Smith oh who else is there Carly Duelguna Data KLBC hello how are we all it's Saturday it's Palace away and I am joined by he's the one and only he's the dirty pirate it's Chris Carpenter say hello Chris hello Chris <laughs> you like set them up. I'll keep knocking them out in the park. I, 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 I just like it that you do that. Um, uh, thank you very much. Mm, afternoon, um, everybody. Yeah, you okay, pal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm still old. Uh, I will be 37 in uh, 14 days, Jace. Christ, I feel sure. like I'm 57 at times, but yeah, I'm all right. Not saying a word. Um, alongside us, we have today. It's the one who's Femster. Good to have you back, Femster. Say hello. How are you doing, guys? This is actually my first radio show, believe it or not. I've done the, yeah, I've done the other shows before, but never the radio show. Mm, we're popping oh. cherry today, Bob. <laughs> what a game to do it, hey? <laughs> oh, I don't get me, don't get me started. Um, I've, I, I gotta be honest, with you, I, I'm I'm an angry Welshman at the moment, and um, uh, that's not today, like you, Chase. Oh, to be honest, with you, Carl, I just <laughs> have, I've had a genuine. Silly reason people, silly reason people tune in anymore, isn't it? Oh, just, <laughs> I'm joking, of course. I, I don't know. I don't know. If you if you tune in TV rant, then you've got problems. Hey, Fem, good to have you on, pal. Good to have you back. Top man, top man. Right, a um, couple of shout-outs today. First of all, to all the guys who did um, Walk and Talk today, uh, Paul Price, Jake Cole, all the guys, um, congratulations, you're fantastic. Um, we put out a couple of tweets for it. We haven't highlighted as much as we have done in the past, unfortunately. There have been other things going on in ABW land. Um, we apologise for that, because it is something we want to support wholeheartedly. But with recent events... Um, yeah, look, we're all a bit tender, so our apologies. But well done, guys! Fantastic to um, uh, to watch you do it. Uh, the way you, you keep on doing it and you keep on raising awareness in conjunction with Samaritans. Congratulations! Our next uh, segment is Happy Birthday, Dave Faber. It's the Gunaholics' birthday today, and it's yeah, it, it makes today all the more poignant. It, Thank you. Poignant is the word. I thank you for that, Chris. All the more poignant because Dave would have been so excited at what's happening at the club at the moment. He, he would have really enjoyed today. He loved doing Fulham away and Palace away and, and, and things like that. So, you know, it, it's it's one of us. We, we On behalf of all the guys, you know, we, we miss you. We love you. Um, we just are broken. Yeah. Okay, so on to the game. Um, Chris, 
Come to you first, lineups. Um, we saw our first unchanged Premier League lineup for I think since the beginning of the season. What were your thoughts, mate? Good, good, really. Yeah, I mean, I'm it's, it's weird as how things change over time. I remember back in the say the old days, probably when I was just a bit younger, like the lineups was the big thing, you know, you'd be scouring what would be teletext in those days and then later twitter and all oh, you know who's the line and now i'm kind of more of one of those because i don't really watch any of the build-up now because most of the time not always but most of the time the studio is full of absolute cretins um so i tend to avoid watching the build-up and i just sort of tune in pretty much as the, the kickoff happens and then have a look at the lineups but yeah i get them sent to me on an app and um yeah i was quite pleased to see that that front four it, it looks like well, not for three games now, but it looks like that's what's going to be the the front four moving forwards. I think we'll see a bit of rotation, um, you know, with Martinelli or Nelson coming in for Alba in the next few weeks. But uh, yeah, I think it's good. I'm also quite pleased that that Laka, Lacazette kept his place because I do genuinely believe he needs to just play through this bit of uh, poor patch of form. Um, I think Pepe is week by week looking a different player. Yeah, sure. There's, there's still a long way to go before he's fully up to speed, but uh, you know, he, he's definitely looking more like the player we we hoped for. Um, Mez, it's an odd one. Um, I'm I'm sort of a, I'm sort of a, I see the reaction that people get, and that there's quite a lot of people saying he's back to his best. I'm not quite sure I'm seeing that. If I'm completely honest, I'm not saying he's playing badly, um, but I I just sort of it's been so long since we've seen the the Ozil of, of Real Madrid, the Ozil of the game with Napoli, etc. I'm, I'm not sure whether we'll ever see that Ozil again. So maybe it's me looking for something that's not actually going to happen again. Um, as I say, it's not to have a go at him. I didn't think he was bad today, but I just, uh, I think the older he's getting, he's becoming what I'd call a quiet influencing player rather than a, uh, a guy who grips the game by the balls, um, as he probably did in his younger years. So that's only to be expected. But yeah, overall, um, definitely good. With, with the lineup and um you know as i said i think that's pretty much what we're going to be seeing now until until hector bellerin's fit uh, i think that's probably the lineup you're going to see moving forward yeah it's uh, it, i think there may be a couple of people challenging it and as you say you know when people come back to fitness we may see changes but it's going to be the the, the main part of the team isn't it um fermi we started off like a bullet a gate didn't we we really took the game to palace yeah, it was a it was a really good start. Um, controlled the game better than I've seen us control it in a long time. Uh, there was sort of just we just sort of pressed them right into their into their sort of thirty yard area and almost every player, um, which was a, was a really good start. Um, only problem is we didn't really create a lot, which I thought would you know. As the game went on, we might create more uh, if there was more spaces because they would have had to come out. But unfortunately, you know, they didn't come out as much as probably we would have liked them to. We we just, yeah, we, it was a good start. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed the, sort of the beginning of the, of the game. But as you say, there was a lot of possession. They defended deep, and and we were unable to create good quality chances. Chris, um. We struggled to create good chances right up until the point on the twelfth minute. Um, I think it was like nineteen passes involved in this passage of play, but 
it hits Luis. Luis with a brilliant, incisive ball to Mezet. Mezet coming on the horizontal as he likes to do to um, Lacazette. And Lacazette with a fantastically timed ball. The way he puts the hold on it, then the through ball through to um, Aubameyang and a quality finish and we're 1-0 up. It was magical to watch, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's that's the football we we've we've attracted fans from other clubs over the years for. That's the the type of football that our own fans have have, have seen us have this this identity of having over the years. You know, it was uh, it was sort of us and football. You know, it, it was sort of you can imagine Mikel being the man who picked up the board midfield to set that move going. So. Yeah, very much so. Um, some some would also say a Guardiola goal, so I, you know I can understand that side of things as well. But yeah, very very good. The, the link up between Lacazette and Aubameyang is is always good, um, and and that's another reason why you know people saying oh Lacazette's not in form, we should drop him. And sometimes you've got to play the players that suit each other as well as you know even if they're not in form, you pick one to compensate uh, to complement the other. Um, but yeah, excellent play. Uh, I think you know David Luiz. Um, I'd have him off free kicks. <laughs> More on that maybe later. But but other than that, he's he's stepping up. Um, th- th- there's no doubt. There's a footballer there with with David Luiz. It, it, it's mainly how he defends that that it can be a little bit scary. Um, but yeah, again, I thought he had some some particularly good moments today. Um, I don't think there's a lot you could do about the goal. Personally, we'll come on to that. But yeah, our goal in particular. Very good finish from Bamiyang, good movement, um, good movement off the ball as well, which I might touch on if we get time a little bit later on. But um, yeah, quality, quality finish, quality movement, good build up, uh, incisive and passing with a point, which is something we've we've not had for a while. You know, it's, it's not the constant sideways and, and backwards without a reason. There's no nothing wrong with going sideways, there's nothing wrong with going backwards, but only if you've got a point to moving it forwards at the end of it, which we haven't had for a while and that was was in evidence against united and again today yeah i agree with that we right listeners what's basically happened today john was supposed to be doing the show with fermi and chris and he's had a drop out this he's had a power issue at home so he's been unable to do it so i'm doing this without any notes okay so my apologies i'm not prepared for this at all so we, we're gonna we're going to talk about the game. We're, we're really going to have a chat about what Chris is saying there about the change in the team recently. Carpenter, you behave yourself, okay? Sorry. You behave yourself. Fermi, your view on the goal, okay? Because I'm going to grab a glass of water quickly. Yeah, um, I like everything you said, Chris. I think another thing that really impressed me, I think, was um, playing the ball through the middle. You know, it, it was a nice change to see us actually, you know, playing the ball uh, pinging it right players and and actually a through ball that goes right through I don't remember the last time we scored with a through ball through the middle a lot of our play seems to come from playing it wide especially on the area didn't it playing it wide and full backs or wing backs cutting the ball back in but it's good to see the ball being played right through the middle I think that's something that seems to have changed as well and I think with confidence you're that, that's something that you need confidence for, to be honest, to be able to fire the ball at players for them to, to you know, to receive it um, with confidence, to turn and then have more space that way rather than always playing it wide. Just it, it's a nice little way to mix up our play as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because the one thing you get when you're not feeling confident is you, you don't as a footballer, you don't necessarily sound silly, but you don't want the ball. If you're not confident, yeah. you don't want to receive the ball. And if it's all going down the wings and. And building up down the sides, then you as a forward know that basically all you need to do is get on the end of it. You don't have to be part yeah. of the 
the, the situation where you could end up losing the ball or giving the ball away. So, yeah, I think that, that, that definitely shows that the confidence is coming back, yeah. The one thing we see from there on, continue to dominate the game, Chris, OK? But, again, we're not creating many chances, OK? <clears throat> we're struggling to create clear-cut chances. A lot of that is down to some very, very good defending from Palace, to be fair to them. But our inability to create clear-cut chances, was that beginning to worry you at this point? Yeah, I think um, somebody we we know well, uh, part of our entourage, although um, I'm not sure I can mention his name, because if I do, I think we have to pay royalties. He's that high up these days. But a certain journalist who works for our parish um, said it right in our group when he said we need to take advantage of this situation. We need to... Uh, we need to kill them off because Palace won't be as bad in the second half as they were in the first. I think he was right, the fanny. Um, but yeah, he um, he hit the nail on the head there because we were we were on top, we were controlling the game, but we we didn't particularly carve out too many good chances. I think, like Femi was saying, we, he was absolutely right. We were playing through the middle. We were creating through balls and the opportunities to create chances, but there wasn't sort of that killer touch on the end of it. And I'd almost liked us to have sort of slightly mixed it up a little bit, maybe gone long a couple of times, um, you know, towards the back end of the first half, because they were sitting sort of quite deep initially. Towards the end of the, the first half, Hodgson seemed to get them a bit higher to try and put, you know, to try and pressure us and try and push us up the field. And I thought that gave us some space in behind. I think if we'd have gone in at half time at 2-0, I think the game would have been done um, because I didn't really think they offered a lot. But they clearly got a rocket at half time. Um, and like you say, lack of chance creation in the first half in the end other than the goal uh, and a few you know close sort of um close efforts but nothing nothing you, you couldn't have sat there and said we had 20 odd shots i've got 10 shots on goal even you know we had two or three and, and that was it so yeah it was a worry um and ultimately that worry was um was uh sort of came to pass um i do wonder how the game would have gone without the, the sending off those i still thought we were in control but yeah unfortunately missed chances does cost you games I, I, I Funny go. enough, sorry. I, when I looked at the stats, we actually only had one shot in the whole mm. half, believe mm. it or not, yeah. which is which is quite yeah. interesting that we. But there was, um, I think, Pepe had a, a chance anyway. Sat Gary Cahill down, yeah, and then yeah. Uh, the, the the other defender sort of covered. So you know, we, we had opportunities, like Chris said, but we just didn't create much, mm. which uh, is a bit frustrating, to be honest. Yeah, we're not quite getting it right at the moment with the front four. We, you know, I mean, we, you know, they're starting to look better. We're starting to be, um, you know, they're starting to find their rhythm, but it, it's creating those chances and 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 creating space. And I think that's something, obviously, you know, you, when you see Collar overlapping or you see um, Amen making that extra man in midfield, that's something he's working on. But I thought they pinned Maitland Niles back quite well. Today, I thought they were a bit afraid of um, Zaha's pace. And I, li I like Torreira and Xhaka in the middle. I've got to be honest, I think they, they give us a bit of solidity in there. But we need to get more of Ozil. Most I thought he played an important part in the goal. I didn't think he was effective other than that. And it's not to be hard on him, but it's, it's just a fact of how we play today. You know, We're not creating those chances. We're not getting runners beyond the ball and something we need to concentrate on. Femi, we saw then, um, towards the end of that first half, we saw Palace start to gain the upper hand. They dragged us into their game. They overloaded the midfield. And we kind of started paying a price, didn't we? Yeah, I think it started with the tactical fouls, didn't it, from Jordan 
Jordan Ayu is it? Yes. So he he yeah. that's yeah. where the uh, that's where they started pushing us back a bit because he started sort of rattling our midfielders and then what happened then was our passing just sort of not it just sort of slowed down. So we were still you know giving accurate passes, but everything seemed to be slowing down and we were getting a bit complacent. And then, like I said, we they kind of dragged us into their game. So then our our goal kicks were a lot slower. You know, we're being put a bit more under pressure. I mean, in the first half an hour, they couldn't even they couldn't even press us anywhere on the pitch. For some reason, we kind of let them start pressing us again. And that sort of it, it, we're still not as press resistant as we should be, as we saw against uh, Leeds on Monday in the first half. So as soon as a team starts to press us, we need to find ways out of it. But uh, I think what was important in that period actually was Torreira in that period because I thought he was he came into his own in that in that period where Palace were trying to you know gain a head of steam. Torreira was breaking things up. He was always you know there to pick up the ball, clear the ball, and things like that. But it was it was getting worrying going into half time, and you you kind of knew that coming out of half time we had to you know fix a few things really. Even though we had been dominant, we we. We, we kind of looked like we needed to do something a little bit different. Yeah, I agree there. I think, you know, you, you look at it, plenty and plenty of possession, but very, as, 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 we've, as we've alluded to, no, little to no chances other than the goal to show for that. And that's a real um, worry. Um, Chris, we then see an incident, which is, to me, was one of the pivotal part of the games, um, where... We saw Zaha, there's an incident in the box where Zaha pushes Pepe. It's not malicious, it's just it's something everybody does in the box. But Pepe then collides with Torreira and it's a really nasty fall. And yet, you know, it is clearly a foul from Zaha. It's clearly a yellow card, in my opinion. Nothing happens with that. And because of the way, you know, when uh, Torreira lands, it ends up in him going off. What were your thoughts on that, mate? Do you want me to be honest? Yeah, go on. <laughs> I was making a cup of coffee. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> Sorry. So um, rather than me... Um, so, I, rather, can, I, can get, I can go uh, off that one if you yeah, want. Yeah, rather than me being the fraud, I'll pass <laughs> it on to Femi. <laughs> yeah, you know what the funniest thing about this? The referee didn't even give a free kick for it. Um, he let the game play on. If Torreira didn't kick... Pepe in the head, he probably wouldn't have stopped the game, to be honest with you. That's 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 what happened. But that little touch from Zaha, then Zaha was sort of complaining, and then you heard all the Palace fans with their same old Arsenal always cheating, even though Zaha caused two players to sort of collide into each other. Yeah. The, the, worst, the, the worst part of that is Pepe was lucky that he didn't get a concussion or get a, a cut on the head, because as soon as Zaha touched um, Torreira, he was way, you know, off balance. His boot went in the air and caught Pepe just right near his, his head. Um, and obviously, that I didn't know that's why he got injured. I was wondering why he came off, actually. But, yeah, you're right. He, he did land really awkwardly. And, then, yeah, he didn't come out for the second half after that. Yeah, you're right. That's probably where he got injured. I was wondering where. Yeah, I, I, I was really annoyed by that. Because, as I say, I don't think it's malicious. I, I've got to be honest. There's nothing malicious about the push. It's more... It's a petulant thing you see in the box from defenders and attackers. 
But then you see Pepe pick up a yellow card. Did you see the Pepe yellow card incident, Chris? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, it was bizarre. You know, he's rocking over. The guy's got hold of his legs after the challenge. It's all a load of nonsense when I think. And yet he picks up a yellow card. And you've had you consistently fouling all game and not picking up anything, not even being given fouls against him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I thought that that point, here we go. I, I the problem I the problem I get with, or the problem I find with the the new sort of laws is that the right word or the the new the new regime you know the yeah. the, the um the VAR inspired which I know we'll come on to um, the problem is now is that you you can't do anything um, and it, it's a very weird dichotomy that's a big word for a Saturday afternoon um, I'm not even sure if it's the right word but we'll go with it, 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 it it's 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 You've got a lot of fans now. Um, you, you've got a fine split. You've got the old school sort of like ourselves, sort of you know, thirties. Um, I think I'm right in saying um, upwards who have grown up in an era where it was all about hustle and, and, and bluster, and you know, putting a challenge in, letting someone know you're there, you know, leaving a bit on as you. What I used to say, put put a guy in the hedge, you know, in Sunday league football, like you, you'd win a challenge, but you'd make sure you put the guy into the hedge whilst winning the challenge. You can't do that anymore, and that and that used to be just for tackling with VAR. It's now like they're scrutinising everything. We had the incident with Lacazette on was it Martial in the United game where they were all banging on each other and for kicking out, blah blah blah. You know, it's a competitive sport. It's it's a sport where people clash and and you know tempers fray just for a brief period of time. Uh, you know, if you're on the street and someone bumps into you. You don't just casually just walk past and ignore it. You swing around. You go, what, what, you know, what are you doing? Like, it's natural. Um, same as if you're in a pub and someone, you know, says something you don't like. You, your natural reaction, even if you're a placid person, you don't just walk away and get on with it. You do have a little bit of a, a confrontation, whether that be verbally or some cases physically. And I don't. I think we're. I think we're creeping into a world where every single thing on the football pitch is deemed a foul or deemed a, a yellow card or deemed a, uh, you know, aggressive behavior. And it's like, you know, these are, these are grown adults. Um, there was a couple of tackles in the second half. I think Jacka caught Zaha, picked him up. No issue. You know, which is rare for Wilfred Zaha to not make an issue of the slightest bit of contact, but you know, um, another one with Lacazette and Jordan Ayew. I think they had a, a little, shared a little private joke when, when Lacazette was making those fouls to see us out towards the end of the game. You know that's what football's all about. Um, so I do, I do feel that some of the referees, this one in particular, is not the best. He's very hairy as well, which is a bit disconcerting. Um, yeah, that they're, they're. I just feel that they're looking for things to pick up on, um, and, and it's almost like the VAR thing is the new toy. But it's almost like they've got insurance now. So you know, if if they want to pick up on something and book something, they will. And if VAR says, oh, you know, that's the wrong decision, we can upgrade it. So, so it's almost like they've got a free pass. They can book whoever they want. They can pull up whoever they want. And if they do get it wrong, they've got that that thing in the back of their mind, knowing, well, even if I do maybe not make the right decision, VAR will back me up. So, you know, it's it's it was a, I, I didn't think it was a booking. It was, a, as you say, it was a silly coming together. It's coming together of two fine gentlemen, nothing more, nothing less. It didn't need a booking, you know. And, that's, yeah, and it, those sort of bookings will cost you if he misses a game towards the end of the season. And, and, that's, and that's the issue I have with it. It's a case of it was all a little bit, you know, you didn't, yeah, you saw a little bit of handbags, but it was it was much ado about nothing. Um, for if the players, it, sorry to interrupt, if the players 
can deal with it. You know, you're from a rugby background, Jace. You know, I'm not saying you, you should just put them into a corner and have a ruck for 10 minutes and, and then let them sort out themselves. But if the player, if there's no issue between the players, i.e. there's no flare up and, and there aren't four or five different players piling in, why do you need to take action? That's, you know, it's been dealt with. You, the referee is not necessarily there to manage the game. The referee is there to manage the, well, probably is to manage the game, but you know what I mean? He's not there to manage the individual personalities. He's just there to manage the flow of the game and make sure the fouls are called. If the players uh, are managing it themselves and the players are, are okay just to get on with it and there's no, you know, a brief flare up, but there's nothing else, just get on with the game, you know? I, I agree. I mean, I thought, you know, I, I think yeah, obviously you, you need to have the game officiated properly. Yep. But that was that was petulance, in my opinion. Okay, um, yeah. yeah. Ryan Costa just smashed in the donation and he says, is it time to step away from Gwendozi? Seems them to me, he runs wildly on the pitch. Ceballos, more of a disciplined option. We're going to talk about that in a bit. So, Ryan, we'll, we'll have a look at that in the question sections, if you don't mind me, because I want to talk about a few players. So, you know, we have to look at performance, obviously, okay? And I think we have to be honest about, all of us have to be honest about the way we see performance. Um, but I think at times, you know, we all go over the top a little bit as well. So we, we'll have a look at that. Fermi, the second half kicks off and we kind of don't really recover from that, from that end of the first half. Do we? We're still under the cost a bit. I don't think we're particularly... Um, uh, what's the word? We're, we're in a poor position, but we're not setting the agenda. We're not setting the tempo at all. We've, we've allowed Palace to, to wrestle that away from us, haven't we? Yes. Like I said, the, the passing had slowed down at the end of the first half, but what had happened at the beginning of the second half was the passing just totally disintegrated. So we were just not getting the ball out of our, of our danger areas enough. So the ball just kept coming back even though it's 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 quite it's quite weird it's it's like the similar thing with like against Chelsea which is Palestine actually create a lot or anything we, we didn't let a lot you know I'm not really I don't really know how the XG thing works but I bet that their XG is just really low today you know we don't give away a lot of chances which is a massive difference on the you know previous regime but what was happening was we were causing ourselves stress um, in defensive areas. And one thing about this team is if you do stress them out defensively, they're going to crack at some point or another, which is pretty similar to against Chelsea. You know, if, if you just keep pressuring us, we will just we'll give away a silly chance at least one a game. Um, so even though we were being pushed back, we, we still had the game sort of under control, to be honest. It wasn't sort of... A, a Watford situation where they were just battering our goals with chance after chance or we're being overrun. We, we, you know, we had good positioning. Just that if you don't have an attacking threat, the, the other team will just grow in confidence because, you know, they'll just think, well, they're not doing anything the other way, which we just, I don't know what happened to our attack today. We're just totally just mystifying, to be honest. And, and that sort of gave Palace a lot more confidence to keep coming forward. I, I gotta be honest, I think there's a lack of options for for, for Mikel Ateta. Um, you know, I, I think if you look at our bench today, um, where's the lineups? Sorry, my apologies, guys. Oh, balls with lineups. Ah, uh, do you know what? Okay, 
I am ready to blow today. I'm ready to blow. I've got here. So on our bench, we've got Holding, Nelson, Martinez, Willock, Gwendozi, Martinelli, and Saka. Now, there's no um, Ceballos there to bring on. There's no senior midfielder there to bring on. You're looking at Gwendozi or Willock. I, sorry, I forgot to mention <clears throat> Tor, um, uh, Gwendozi replacing um, uh, Torreira at halftime. Um, and, and and to be fair, I think that's the only decision he can make. You know, um, I've given Gwendozi a lot of stick this season. He's going to get a bit of stick today. But I don't think his performance when he came on was that bad. I think you've got a player. We're looking at a player now who needs to be coached and who needs to be brought along into the style of football that Arteta wants to play. Chris, um, you know, we, we, we've kind of we've taken our foot off the gas. We've, they've wrestled control off us. Um, and now we've, we've, we've lost that little bit of experience in the midfield. Um, Femster's just dropped out. There's obviously an issue with his internet. He'll be back now. Um, what were your thoughts at this point? Because as, as Femi said, you know they weren't really causing us much of a worry because they've got a big injury crisis themselves. But we were hardly... You know, we, we weren't setting the agenda. We weren't able to wrestle control of them, were we? No, no, not really. It's it a weird one because I, I felt like they, they, don't get me wrong, they improved second half. Um, you know, no no doubt about that. But I didn't I didn't feel like they were particularly controlling the game at any point. It, it felt to me like, it, it felt to me like we just sort of stepped back a bit and it was almost like, well, we've got the lead come at us, um, which is always a dangerous thing to do. Um, and, and we looked, I wouldn't say we didn't react because did, I did feel like we acted, but I just felt we reacted probably slightly the wrong way in that we went a little bit too deep, just invited them on. But like you said, it wasn't like they had their strongest lineup out. It wasn't like Zaha was shredding us to bits. You know, that's that's their main threat. Um, you know, Ayu was fairly quiet. His movement was, was pretty good in, in fairness to him. But it wasn't like we were playing badly but we just seem to lose a little bit of momentum um palace picked that up um they took advantage of that and and it, you could clearly see after halftime they'd come out with a having had a rocket from roy um which is an amusing thought but yeah um you know they they play credit credit to palace they played better second half um but as we said earlier our opportunity really came in that first half to to put that game out of sight and had we done i don't think we would have been talking about how good palace were second half because i don't think it would have mattered yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, I, 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 the funny thing is, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna stop the, the flow of this a little bit here. Roy Hodgson, oh God, I love Roy Hodgson. <laughs> I just think he's a decent guy. Do you know what I mean? I think Roy Hodgson's a decent, a decent footballing man, and he, he just makes me laugh. Oh God, we got bloody Chris dropping out now. Fem, um, <laughs> let's get on to it. So you know, we then see. Um, Maitland Niles booked, okay, um, which I thought was ooh, a bit of bit soft. Then the RU goal, ah, uh, class in that doesn't follow RU. Um, there's a bit of ping pong. Ball comes back out to RU, who hasn't been covered by Caller. Caller's got to follow his man there, and then we get the deflection off, uh, off. Luis, um, yeah, and you got Maitland Niles, who's not following it into the back post. Oh, uh, we were slightly unlucky, but 
my God, we didn't do ourselves any favours, did we? No, I think um, everything seemed to go in slow motion, didn't it? It was so slow. It was just like um, you could see it coming, couldn't you? Yeah. But it seemed our players were just totally switched off to any danger. You know, we had a lot of players in the box, a lot of players in and around the ball, but we had no one attacking the ball. We had everyone just... It was everyone just sort of seemed to slow down, you know. The ball slowed down, and as soon as they got the first ball into our area, we were just, you know, at sixes and sevens basically. We didn't know what, who was where, who was picking up what, you know. Like you said, Maitland Niles was positioned wrongly, and then David Louise was just, you know, turning your back on the, the ball, you know, is something that this team seems to do quite a lot. And when you're facing a shot that's not that hard, I don't know if you should be turning... It seems very, you know, silly thing to say, but I don't know if you should be turning back from the ball, from, you know... You know, I look at old... I don't like to say old-school defenders, but I look at some, you know, a Vincent Company or a uh, Tony Adams or a John Terry. Would they be turning their back on the ball in that situation? You know, those are the little things that get you from being you know, an average team to, to winners. You know, you have to have sort of a desire to, to block the shot, to throw yourself at the ball, you know. But, you know, turning your back on the ball, anything can happen, as we saw. Once you turn your back on the ball, you, you know, anything can happen. The ball deflected off David Luiz twice to go over Bernd Leno. Uh, some would say unlucky, but I think it was poor defending personally, to be honest. Yeah, turning yeah, no. back on the ball is the cardinal sin, isn't it? Like you've got to, you've got to stand tall, stand big. Otherwise, like Femi said, if, if you basically if you turn your back on the ball, you have no vision of play. You you, you can't see where anything's going. And um, you know, I'm not saying our players are wimps or anything like that. I mean, you know, if you lined up a hundred blokes in the street and said, right, I'm going to kick a ball at 40 miles an hour into your face, are you going to turn your back or not? I think 99 would say we'll probably turn me back. But when you're sort of you know professional footballer, sometimes you just got to take that. Um, and, and you know it's it's one of those, isn't it? It's it, it, my my sort of argument to those ones that flick off players that go into the net are always about how did the ball get to that place in the first place? How did that? How did the build up get to the point where they were able to get a shot in on goal from within the eighteen yard box? That's my bigger concern rather than who could have blocked it. And this is the thing. I think there's a natural reaction at times as well, and we all do it. You know, you like to stand up big and and, and tall. But now and again, you know, somebody takes a shot and you will you will move to sort of try to protect yourself. It's a natural reaction. Hmm. You've got to do a hell of a lot to overcome that. But yeah. the one thing for me was, you know, Kolasinac has got to follow Ayu. He has to follow him. Hmm. And we, you know, we, we weren't playing men on, on the on the um uh, on the posts. We weren't playing that. But I thought I thought AMN slightly switches off, and I'm not having a pop at AMN to thought Maitland Niles. I think he's been superb. I think he's our most improved player in recent weeks, and I absolutely love him for that. I, I think AMN's got a big future. I still think he could go um, uh, and play midfield for us. Still think he has that potential, and I think under Arteta that could have um, come up, come on further. Um, Okay, let's go. Chris, I'm coming to you first, then I want you to pass straight back to Fermi on this. The sending off. Mm. Um, <clears throat> we're 67 minutes into the game. We've seen 
two of our players booked, not a single Palace player booked. And we get then what is um like he, he's 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 out of control. It's a poor challenge. He's got no control of himself, he's late. I don't think it's malicious in any way, but for me or Bamyang, it's a red card all day. Your thoughts, please. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, 100%. It's one of those that if it was a challenge committed against one of our players, we'd be up in arms. Um, That speaks volumes. It was a challenge out of frustration. Um, You know, I don't don't particularly blame Aubameyang for making the challenge. I know know, some people have gone after him a bit and said, oh, you know, it was a stupid stupid, um, tackle to make. You know, he was never going to get to the ball. Why did he think he wouldn't? But it's a a classic area where you can afford to make that tackle. It's in an area of the pitch where if you don't get the ball, you know, it's usually just nine times out of ten, it's a foul and and the game restarts, you break up play. Um, Where basically where he went wrong was, was his studs are up. Um, if he makes the tackle with his studs facing downwards, um, you know, or, or to make a block challenge, he probably gets away with it. Um, a, a little shout out to that fraud they have on BT Sport. I can't remember his name. The, the referee who's in the um, in the studio. Uh, I can't remember his, his name. Pete? Is it Peter? What is it? Peter Walton? Anyway. Um, the, the guy's an absolute fraud. Like he literally changes his mind on the strength of uh, three seconds of, of somebody in his ear going, it's a red. He comes on the thing and he's like, well, no, that's a booking for me. Definite booking. Definite. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent of booking. Yeah. But, but for sure it's a red hundred percent. Yeah. Definite red. Definitely made the right decision there. Guy's an absolute douchebag, but um, yeah, it, it, it's, um, it, it's just, uh, it's just a silly challenge. Um, it happens. It's just a shame because we're going to lose them for three games now. Um, it's deemed as, as violent conduct or, you know, um, um, endangering an opponent. And I will come on to others who did the same thing and got nothing today. Yeah. But it's, it is a red, Jace. I mean, whatever way, whoever you support, it's a red, you know? I've got to be honest, I have no problem with that, okay, whatsoever. I've got no problem with the red card. What I do have a problem with them, and I really do have an effing problem with this, is that you see Tompkins off his feet, out of control a bit later. Yeah, look. Yeah, yeah, and if our player didn't jump out of the way, you know, there would have been similar contact. And what I've seen recently is that uh, referees are told, "Oh, give a free kick for intent as well." So, is it not the same thing for red card for intent? You know, if you're intending to commit a serious foul, and the player has to literally jump out of the way, you know, to get. To, to stop himself from being injured, probably, then what's the difference, really? But it, there was a lot of uh, inconsistencies today with the referee, as far as I'm concerned. I know there was a few comments in the chat box. Uh, I took one earlier from Junior Garner that says, why are we complaining about rest? Let's play victim. We didn't do enough to get the three points. I don't think um, it's about complaining about refs, but we do have to point out sometimes that there's some inconsistencies even within a game that you're watching a game, you're you're thinking, okay, well, this doesn't make sense to me, you know, yeah. and and you have to you have to call that out. To be honest, you can't just you can't just say, oh, well, it doesn't matter, it, you know. This this is this is the bit that gets me, guys. Okay, I, I love Junior Gunner. He's he's a regular in the box, and he's a, he, I, th- I I love his views, whether I agree or disagree with him. He's a good guy, okay. And I hear what he's saying, okay, but what worries me about this and where I see this going once again, and we've been here before, okay, Mike Riley 
in our 50th game set the tone which allowed people to kick us right on that resulted in the ending of Eduardo's career, the ending of Abu Dhabi's career, the 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 the, the, the craziness which has happened in Aaron Ramsey's career. You look at how often that kid's injured because of what happened from fucking awful tackling. Okay, I'm gonna say it to you, I'm gonna say it now. And to, to your Premier League, to, to your PGMOL, take me to fucking court. You're cheating cunts. You dirty cheating bastards. Every single time we see you know, yes, we get away with decisions. We obviously do. Okay, you look at last season. You had handballs from um, Holding, Rob Holding. You had two clear handballs that weren't given as penalties. But these are not these decisions now are decisions where people are off their feet. They're going to injure our players. You look at Torreira having to go off. Okay, then you look at Tompkins going in feet up. You know, there you go, Carlito Gomez, the scissors tackle on Pepe, not even a fucking yellow. Pepe's been absolutely targeted. Targeted again. When's the next guy, when, when our next player gets a, uh, his leg broken, right on? The fucking, the P, the P, you know, the PGMOL, the club should take the, P, um, the Premier League and PGMOL to court. Because they don't know when this to happen. And it's an absolute fucking joke. I've got no problem with the referee making a mistake. I've got no problem with the fact that somebody misses something. But these are now, okay, dangerous challenges which are going unpunished. I'm fucking sick of it because when you see Eduardo, what a player. What a player he was. And he had his career ruined. Abu Dhabi could have been special. He could have been absolutely... He, he was, but wasn't given... Yeah, agreed. Yeah, you know, imagine what a player Ramsey would have been without that leg break. The, the, the issue I have, Jace, with this is that there's always been this argument that goes round that, you know, oh, well, he, you know, he's not that type of player. Well, Fucking bollocks. And, and, also, and also this argument of no player goes out to intentionally injure someone. Know, and I'm not... I, I, I genuinely don't think many do. You're right, some do. But I, I genuinely think that there's there's a there's a very you, you don't have to intentionally go out to injure somebody to to be booked or sent off you know you you don't have to somebody's leg doesn't have to be in four pieces for it to be a red card challenge and then, and and what's frustrating is you watch that game and you see Aubameyang sent off rightly so for yeah. a challenge which could have endangered an opponent well it did endanger an opponent Max Myers oh, caught up an injury you know so when you see that what what is when the shoe is on the other foot? That's the bit that I think people are, are struggling to understand. And and the VAR thing, I think John said it on this platform a few times. VAR is not the problem. Sure, I wouldn't have it personally. I, I do think it kills a lot of you know a lot of the enjoyment of the game. But if you're going to have it, you have to use it the right way. And this argument of it, so it's the first year it's been in the Premier League. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Um, as you know, Jace, I watch a lot of French football. It doesn't happen. In, in, in other leagues. It doesn't happen in the Bundesliga where they've had it two or three years. You know, MLS, uh, a league which is widely um, disregarded by everybody, and yeah, okay, the quality is not what, what, what the Premier League is, obviously, but it works fine over there. And do you know why it works fine over there? Because they implement it in the correct way and they review every decision that needs to be reviewed regardless of what the circumstance is, you know? Did, did you see the Aussie? There have been clips of yeah. the Aussie yeah, it. Yeah, that's another league, the A-League, yeah. It's superb. Yeah, let's get something straight. Mike Riley's in charge of BGMOL. 
Mike Riley's a cheat. There's another fraud, he's yeah. A cheat. He's a liar and he's a bastard. Okay? And you fucking take me to court. I don't give a fuck. Go on. Fucking prove me wrong because I can fucking prove every word I say. Cheats, bastards, and they're going to get somebody injured. And that's what worries me. I don't give a shit about, you know, we, we get, you know, you, you lose a goal here, you lose a goal there. But mark my words, we're heading to the part where somebody's going to get their leg broken unless something changes. And that scares me, stupid. You don't want to see things go wrong. So much irrational nostalgia in here, living the present. This is this is the thing. History repeats itself. And unless you put a stop to it and you're like, I was really pleased to see our players around the referee today. Mm. I was really pleased to see that. I want us to be more aggressive. I want us to get in people's faces because they need to be scared of us now. Because you watch, you imagine, you know, somebody sort of breaking, you know, Martinelli's leg. Mm. That's the next one. Do you know what I mean? Pepe will go down. I don't, don't, don't want to be... I, Sorry, Fan, go on. Go, um, no, I think with that nostalgia thing, I think we just literally have to go a few games back to the West Ham game and yeah. um, their left-back, um, Cresswell. Aaron Cresswell. Cresswell yeah. Two ridiculous tackles on Pepe. The first tackle was so bad that it should have been clamped down on. And he stayed on the pitch, got injured, and to compensate for his injury, he absolutely clattered Pepe yeah. again. Mm-hmm. And that was just a few games, you know, just a few games ago. So we are kind of living in the present. If you don't clamp down on something quite early on, you'll see the consequences later on in the game. I don't want to be, yeah. I don't want to be don't really disrespectful to, to the, the, the commenter there. Um, but, but, you, but with respect, you're slightly part of the problem because the longer people agree or, or the longer people give um excuses the, the longer that that the fa and the powers that be will go well plenty of fans are fine with it you know we we as as supporters and as fans it's, it's not it's not a question of moaning this is not an oh arsenal fans moaning again you know there are fans of every single team that that do this you know palace had a banner today saying var is ruining football which mysteriously disappeared for period of time i can't think why but you know jokes aside they're right um you know fans are speaking out about it and and there is there is a a a point where we as supporters you know we are the ones paying for the subscriptions of a hundred and god knows how much a year to watch it on tv or we're the supporters who are paying thousands of pounds to follow a team around the country or, or you know or go to home games whatever it may be or or even the fans who are getting up at 3 a.m and maybe sacrificing their work because they're knackered because they've got up to watch Arsenal at 3am in Australia. Do you know what I mean? We're all, we're, we've all, we're all watching this game. We're all contributing towards what this game or what the Premier League has become. So it's all very well saying, oh, you live in nostalgia, blah, 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 blah. But, but if you accept the problem, you become part of the problem. Um, and, and you have to have some sort of a voice bringing this up. Um, and, and none of us are naive enough to think that we don't, benefit from the odd call because i'm sure yeah. like you said chase arsenal have benefited from a few yeah. that you'd look at and go Pff. but if we were all the word we're looking for is consistency well, and, well, and well, you send yeah. off a bamiyang you send off tomkins you know exactly and this is the problem Michaela. so we're, we're looking at this if you're talking the game objectively pepe's the first yellow card in the game okay pepe's the first yellow card in the game for nothing mm. palace didn't pick up a yellow card to mccarthy in the 71st minute. 
Right? So, so at that point, you know the game is not being officiated even-handedly because are you has got seven fouls to his name yeah. and doesn't get anything. You know, this is this is unbelievable. Um, Rudy Rastos, we'll, we'll have a look at that, that a bit later. Let's move on now. Um, so that's our part on that. We, we won't go back to um, VAR at all. That's it. The game kind of peters out. We have a couple of chances, Fermi. Um, but to be honest, we didn't deserve to win that game. We didn't create clear-cut chances. We didn't do enough. And we allowed Palace to dictate play in the second half. Um, how do you feel about the result, mate? Um, to be honest, it's a f- we just have to take the result. We did have a really good chance, didn't we? Uh, Pepe hitting the post. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lacazette with the follow-up. He just... A bit oh, off colour, isn't he? he just, um, <laughs> yeah, Lacazette just, just seems... I mean, he's working hard for the team, but I think maybe in, in working so hard, we're sort of losing a bit of his, uh, his finishing at, at the front end. So... Yeah. I think it might it will come. I think uh, he needs one for confidence. Um, you know, Pepe moved, yeah, Pepe moved to the left, which is something I've been kind of asking why. Christian I have an answer for this: why he doesn't he because he he loves to cut in so much that sometimes mm-hmm. I think well, if you stick him on the left every now and then, like yeah. he can just have a direct shot like he did today. Is that why does he play on the right so much? Why is he right sided? Players so much. I think it's because they're trying to find a balance because Abamyang is right-footed as well, um, and I think I think that the balance is is that that's what they're trying to find. They don't want to have. I mean, I would have them rotating. Um, you know, even at, at grassroots level, it's good to have players who can play on both sides and just switch around because it gives a defender to think something think about. Um, the the biggest problem that that you have with with Pepe cutting in um, and and doing what he did, and this is why I. I do roll my eyes when I read a lot of tweets, or certainly did when he was getting so much stick, is that Arsenal don't play the way Lille played and got the best out of him. Lille played in a counter-attacking um, sort of 4-1-3-2 almost, um, or a 4-2-3-1, depending on the system. But they would counter-attack. They would absorb the pressure, um, and then they would win quick counters, and then Pepe would be away, as you said, from the left, cutting in or from the right and, and drilling across the goalkeeper. But a lot of his goals would come from fast breakaways. Um teams in the Premier League don't necessarily allow you to do that. We're not really playing that way, especially with Arteta now. I think we're going to go more to a, a Guardiola-style um, possession game, and that's not going to get the best out of Pepe uh, in terms of the player we bought him as. What we can create him, what we can craft him into, that's different. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do think you need to be... Um, like you say, mixing it up and giving him an opportunity to play on that left-hand side as well. We might see that now with the with the Aubameyang situation. And I think Martinelli is off with Brazil, isn't he, for a few weeks? I think well, we've got a question coming up on that. We'll answer oh, okay. a bit. So, so yes, yeah, so you would probably see Nelson on the right and Pepe on the left in that case, then I would, I would yeah. imagine. I mean, that's the game. I forgot to mention the Pepe shot. A very unlucky day at the post. Mm. I did feel the pe- uh, that Laka should have done better on the rebound, Chris. But... Yeah. It's fired out pretty quickly, 
and we've yeah. seen easier, easier chances than that, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. It's all about anticipation, and Fermi hit the nail on the head there. Lacquer is, you know, Lacquer is one of those strikers that he he is he's um he's a he's a predator in the box. You know, he's a penalty area striker. He's not sort of guy who's going to rattle one in from twenty five yards. He's not sort of player who's going to dribble round four and, and put it in. What he is is a goal scorer, and at the moment um, he's not scoring goals. Therefore, we're not seeing the best of him. This idea that he's finished, this idea that we should sell him, and it's like. I always love when people say that. Oh, yeah, you know, take the money. Okay, and buy who? Yeah. Um, you know, it's all very well saying, I want that shiny new toy. Well, that's fine if you've got the money for that shiny new toy. But if you sell your house and you don't have somewhere to move, you're homeless. So, you know, let, let's be sensible here. Um, I would be more worried if Lacazette was hiding. I'd be more worried if he wasn't working hard. Um, I, re I was really impressed with his attitude when Aubameyang got sent off because he did a an absolute ass-breaking job up front for us after that. He, you know, he was making foul after foul after foul, just breaking up the play, which is exactly what we needed him to do. Um, and yeah, he he basically just needs a Norwich at home. Um, sorry, Norwich, but that he just needs that sort of team and one to you know fly across the box, hit him in the face, and go in, and and then things will get better. I'm not hundred percent convinced that he's not carrying a bit of a knock. I think a few of our players are, in truth. Um, but this idea that he's finished and yeah, sell him, I, I'm, I'm not on board with that at all. Let's, let's dig deeper into this. That's the game, guys. It's, it's disappointing, but I thought we showed resilience after going on to 10 to hang on in. Let's stay on Lacazette for a second. Fermi, I'm going to come to you. Um, I get very frustrated with certain players, and anybody who listens to this show will hear me get frustrated on a regular basis. But the one thing I look at, at Lacazette at the moment, the one thing I want from players when they are in poor form, is work rate. Keep working hard and it will come. Now, I'm seeing the work rate from him. No question. Over the moon with his work rate, okay? I like the fact he plays on the edge. So I think you've got to. Do you know what I mean? But I think at the moment he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. How can he relax to be able to, um, to, to you know, how can Arteta get him to relax whilst giving him edge to, to sort of turn that, his hard work into goals. How do you think he can do that? I think I read a, um, an article this week that this is uh, one of his longest uh, spells uh, without a goal. And remembering that, you know, Lacazette started the season with a ankle injury that he picked up uh, in a cut. Uh, so tried to play through the pain, then he couldn't. Uh, took some time out, got recovered... And he just, in terms of overall fitness, it seems like he missed something in preseason, uh, sort of some part of preseason he seems to have missed because he seems to be building up fitness uh, sort of on the go at the moment. And um, I think, just as Chris said, he needs a goal. He's a goal scorer. You know, Lacazette, uh, any time I'd seen before he came to Arsenal, he's just, I, I'd, I'm actually more impressed with his build-up play than, than what I saw before he came to Arsenal. His all-round game is coming together again, but he needs a goal. I think a goal will take a lot of the weight off his shoulder. And unfortunately for him, he's about to be under more pressure because we've now lost, you know, our main scorer who scores, you know, more than probably 50% of our goals. We've lost him for three sort of, especially two big games, two big league games against Sheffield United and against Chelsea away. So with that being said, that means we're probably going to have to play wide players um, 
out wide to help Lacazette. That means a lot of pressure is going to come on him, and I think he's got to get his head down and be uh, be careful because I think the fans are going to be on his back because Aubameyang is missed, and they're going to expect more from him in terms of in terms of goal output. He'll so. he'll th- he'll thrive on that responsibility. That's that's the thing I love about Lacazette. You know, he's captain of Leon for several years. Yeah, but but a second, Chris, I don't <laughs> think hey, we have now the player base. I don't think we have the personnel to get the best out of him. You watch Lacazette. You watch Lacazette last season, okay? And sorry, I'm bringing up my favourite player of all time, okay? But when Socrates, obviously, (laughs) Um, but when you've got a player who gets beyond the ball and interacts and plays off him, he's great. Now, because you haven't got somebody on the vertical coming up the pitch, as Allah and Ramsey, you've now got. Mesut Ozil there, who plays along the horizontal in between the lines, but he hasn't got anybody running off him. And a lot of of um, uh, Lacazette's goals last season, the man plays into him, he plays off, turns, gets into good positions. That's just not happening anymore, is it? Do you know? Do you know the the one? Um, what's the word I'm looking for here? The the one sort of it's not a benefit having a Bamiyang band. It's not, but it. The one thing I look at with that is it, it will give us an opportunity to look at what we do. Because if you look at this season in particular, we have relied so heavily on Aubameyang's goals. Um, you know, and we have. We can't get away from that fact. You know, he has been our, our primary source of goals. Um, it will be interesting to see if Arteta changes the system or just plays with it as as it is. Because I, I could see us changing the system. And I, and I think with, with Laka, like you say... You can you can use him in a four two three one, but you have to have that number ten right in behind him. Um, in his last season at, at sort of Leon, he had that um, working with those players. When when he had the, the link up with Fakir, he had very similar because and what Fakir is is essentially a, a younger um, Nippier, obviously not quite as good as Mazurzil. Basically, um, that was his and and his benefit was that he was the intricate, quick. Uh, fast transition play. So he received the ball from sort of like a two-star in midfield and then Fakir would do the legwork driving through the midfield and then, as you say, the slide rule ball, Lacazette on the end of it, um, which is why I was quite glad we didn't go in to pick him up. Um, I wonder if Ceballos could be that player, although with Arteta's comments after the game today, I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, but I, I do think, and this is why I do think we should be in the market for a, a quick transitioning player um, or we need to be looking at adapting our system to maybe going almost sort of like 4-1-4-1 potentially where you actually play without an out wide man Pepe and Nelson right out in the width you play the the two midfielders i.e. sort of Shaka and Torreira and you free up and you say right you know you you are free you still need to do your work but you basically are the link to the centre forward now you sit in that pocket in front of the midfield and you just do the creating um, ahead of it so I do wonder if we will change the system to accommodate it Um, I have I have a worry that at the end of the season, which I know is a long way away, um, I do have a concern that one of these two will lose one of the two. Uh, that's my slight concern. And in a way, um, it might be better in the long run because then we've only got potentially one to pick from. Um, but it will be interesting just to see what happens in the next few games with without Aubameyang and without that ability to just rely on him for everything. And, and, I think Lacker like, like scores in big games. That Chelsea game will be one he'll be licking his lips over. The Cup game is not so much of an issue. And Sheffield United is at home. So you'd like to think, 
although they are organized and they proved that again last night um we should be organized enough and we should have enough to beat Sheffield United at home you would like to think touch as wood but yeah the Chelsea game is the big one um and let's see you know and if Arteta is to his word which I'm sure he is you know if if the system works and it doesn't accommodate Aubameyang into it then so be it but it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see we can only work with what we've got at the moment and 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 Alba is sort of in a roundabout way cost him cost his own situation by that tackle yeah. so yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> 95 Unfortunately, like... yeah, 95 wins is just put in the box. Some teams fans are calling him lack a threat. <laughs> I mean, that's good, but it's, it's still not quite as good as the empty crates, which I love people calling the stadium. That was good, but yeah, oh, I, you, I do love some of these sarky comments. are lovely. Um, they still have him at their club, by the way. Sorry, that's brilliant. Uh, right, okay, look, people, there's 137 you watching now, Pete Colson. Wants me to be angry. Just tap the friggin' like button for, for, for crying out loud, okay? You know, don't be all Obama young in the tackle. Be Obama young in the box, okay? Stop fucking about. Start tapping that like button, please, because I just haven't got the hoil for this today. I'm so sorry, chat box. I just can't get it going, but you know what to do. Tap away. Get 50 and I'm happy today. I've, I've, got, I've got no hoil. I do apologise. Um... Before we go to questions, Femi, you saw Gwen Doozy come on in the second half. Um, and I thought he's been better than he has been in recent weeks. I thought um, it was an improved performance from him. But you could see the disparity in effectiveness from having him to Torreira. Um, I, I like Gwen Doozy. I, 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 he's annoyed the hell out of me recently, especially the Chelsea game. But do you think Arteta can now mould Matteo into a player to help take the club forward? Yeah, I was going to say he's a player that has frustrated me recently. But I thought today he and second half against Leeds, I thought he was much improved. I know a lot of people are not, as soon as uh, Torreira went off, you know, the narrative was already written, isn't it? We're going to concede and it's going to be... But I I didn't think he did a lot wrong today. I thought he was composed in possession. He drove out, you know, was sure he went to 10 men, kept hold of the ball, was driving out with the ball. You know, we can't compare him to Torreira because they're different players, to be honest with you. It's not his fault that he's not, you know, that, you know, Tiger, you know, midfielder that's not his style of game I think what he has to do and what the coaches at the club now have to do is work with him to find out what type of player is he you know he has to nail down the type of player that he's going to be at some point is he a holding is he a um you know is he an attacking is he a box to box that's something that they just you know and he's he's a young player he this is a you know a big step up for him so I think we, sometimes we just have to be patient, um, you know, with some players. You know, if he was playing for another team, I don't think we would be as critical of him. You know, it's just that he plays for our team, so we watch him, you know, with with a more eager eye every single thing that he does. But I, I thought he was he was there was nothing wrong with his performance today, and that's me who's not been that happy with him recently. Um, you know, that I, I I think he was alright personally. Yeah, I, I, this is the thing, Chris. Um, you know, I, I, I thought Akiwak Gwendouzi was fine, but, well, I, you know, 
I don't think he offers you enough going forward. I don't think he offers you enough going backwards. And he can't control games yet. You know, he's not that player yet. What do you expect Arteta to concentrate on with him to help, you know, bring him, help develop his his uh, his skill set, so to speak? Oh, I think that that's that's the key thing. You know, Arteta's been in place for less than a month, and I don't I don't really know what people expect. You know, I think. Um, I think Unai Emery deserves a lot of credit for for giving Gunduzi the game time that he did, particularly you know when he first came into the club because that was a huge call and it was a huge show of faith in in such a young talent. Um, but on the same hand, I think he also relied on him too much and and put a lot of pressure on the lad. Um, we're very strange, us our fan base, you know, um, as we all know, we are a bit of a strange fan base, but we we heap over praise on on players and then we spend our entire time breaking them down when they have a bad performance joe willock see for that and, you know um Gunduzi is is one of the most talented uh young players in europe it, it's it's a fact if you do, if you don't if you don't see that i'm not sure you really understand football. What he also is, though, is he's... Sorry, I'm just going to be brutal. Um, <laughs> sorry, I don't see it at all. <laughs> no, but, but what, what I what I do at see in, in him is, is, a, is a raw talent. And he's one of those players that he needs to be developed, he needs to be nurtured, and he needs to be put in and taken out at certain times. Um, his energy, his work rate, and, and his desire are givens. They should be givens. Um, the, the area of his game that needs work is, is the technical side, and, and it does need work, hundred percent. And, and like Femi says, he needs to he needs to sort of hone that that aggressive um, need to win every tackle. Uh, that said, you don't want to take that that side of him out of the player because it's the old Ian Wright thing. If you take away the the, the you know the, the aggression, then you take away that side of the player. Um, but he needs to hone it. He needs to craft it. Um, and I think that. When potentially Granite Xhaka moves on, that place will be his in the long term. Um, but this is why I'm quite keen on us going into the market in January, you know, for somebody like a, a, a Rabio type of player, because there's that little bit more experience, a little bit more physicality, um, but sort of gets the game um, without as much pressure at the level he's at. Um, so I, I, I just I just think that I just think he needs he needs time to develop. People again. People have to remember he came out of the French second division. He's been with us for eighteen months. He's you know he's a twenty year old kid. It's gonna take time, um, but in, in time, um, I, and I think under the right coaching, which again, you know, not to have a go at Emery, but I'm not sure the coaching was always the best with him. I think it was a case of, you know, you embody my spirit, you embody my energy, get out there and do it. It's not always as simple as that. Players need coaching. Jacker's line about needing to be coached every single step of the pitch. That's what players need nowadays. There's a Bill Belichick quote, okay? Not even mm. great players can overcome poor coaching. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He's he's technically good enough, though. Like he, oh, I, I, I genuinely think he is. I, I look at him and I think, you know, we need to mould him and uh, give him a bit of discipline, you know? Um, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing, like, remember when everybody was going nuts over Jack Wilshire? Yeah. I can't remember. I can't remember who said it. Great, you've got a nippy, um, a small, um, very talented, two-footed midfielder who loves to play football. Fantastic. Spain, they got fucking hundreds of them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They got hundreds mm. of them. And I, you know, I, I, as much as I think, I think, um, Gwendozi's got the talent, and you know, and and, and I, I, I like, I like his attitude so much. Do you know what I mean? His mm. attitude, I love. Okay. 
but it's um, uh, it's one of those where I'm struggling to see how we develop him at the moment, and that's that's the big thing for me. Right, I'd like, I'd like to have this conversation after 12 months under Arteta, and more importantly, a whole summer under Arteta. I'd love to. I think I think this club is gonna. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a a, a big statement here. Um, regardless of how this season goes, even if we finish 14th and bow out of the Europa League in the next round, I think this club potentially, um, if Arteta gets the backing of the board, which I think is a really important thing to know at this stage, because you can have the best manager in the world if you're run by a bunch of people who don't really know what they're talking about, which has been a bit of an allegation. Um, you can't do anything. But I genuinely think if he gets the backing, uh, not just financially, but in his decision-making, his coaching, his appointment, everything else, um, this club could make a massive step forward over the course of the next 12 to 18 months. Um, not saying we're going to be title winners or any of that jazz, but I, I genuinely think we've got the right person in charge now for the right reasons at the right time. And and over, that, over the summer month, potentially, um, into next season, we could make a really big step forward. So... Hopefully, you know, I'm not. I'm not saying it will happen, but I hope so anyway. If you look at the last transfer window, you know, um, Martinelli long term, Saliba's long term, yeah, um, <clears throat> and some of the young players in the in the academy that Arteta's working with, the Nelsons, the Willocks. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, you, you look at Pepe so far. Pepe's been a failure to date. Okay, but we need to we need to mould him. That we can easily turn that around into a massive success. Sabayos has been an absolute disaster. An absolute disaster. Who else is there? Who else came in? I don't think he's been a disaster. He's I just don't. One good game. One good yeah, game. He's been injured for two and a half. One good game is fucking nonsense. No, I, I agree with that, but I think I, shit. I think I think having an injury for two months has curtailed that. Yeah. You know, I, he's, I he's, he's not. He's not been. It's not been Denis Suarez levels. No, no, um, no right. But you, when you play one, he's played one and a half decent games of football for us. Mm. Burnley and Spurs. And but he, sh- but he showed in those games that there's something there. But as I say, if you look look up on Twitter, Arteta's comments about Sabios, it doesn't he, suggest to me that he fancies him. To be honest, you, he's alone for one season. Oh so yeah, you you lose nothing. Never waste the fucking money. Yeah, but but you but but at least but at least Chase, at least he's on loan. So if we do choose to go in a different direction, yeah, we might lose. You know, it, it sounds ridiculous to say this, but losing five million on a loan to Arsenal is fuck all. Losing five million on a permanent signing you can't sell on for anywhere near that value is a massive difference. Let's let's be honest, Kieran. I'm, I'm you know seventy-two million Pepe at the moment is is nuts. Okay, right up. Signing, signing Sabayas for anything over 30 is a lunacy. Right? Mm. But, but we'll have to wait and see. I'm, I'm looking for, I'm really looking forward to the way Arteta's going to bring us forward. Femi, went to question. Sorry, pal. Me and, me and Carl. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> the shit out of it. Um, <laughs> our apologies. Pete Colson asks, tomorrow we have, um, you have the power. Spurs win against Liverpool and retain our invincibility or no? No. I'm all right. Um, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> no, no thanks. <laughs> I want us to. I want us to to finish as high as possible. To be honest with you, uh, I know the Liverpool thing will worry a lot of people, but just, you know they they've won nearly every game. I mean, at some point, I know we keep saying it, but at some point their form will drop off. 
So let someone else beat them. Let them come to the Emirates. Let us let us beat them. Don't worry about Spurs. Let's let's try and get Mourinho panicked and into season three Mourinho at an early stage. I, 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 I don't give a monkeys. I don't. I don't <laughs> up and swallows them both. I don't, I got, I've, got, I've got a feeling they're going to beat them. You know. I, 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 I don't know why. It's just classic Mourinho shithousery, isn't it? Yeah, but if, if they do, I don't care. And if they don't, I don't care. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't. I, I care about the Invincibles. I, I would I, because let's be honest, Chase. The when 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 Virgil Van Dyke lifts that trophy in May. Yeah. Well, at the, at the moment in bloody February, the way the rest of them are playing, when he lifts that trophy, the footballing world as we know it is going to implode. You will see scousers oh. everywhere. It is going to be like invasion of the Mongs. I mean, honestly, you are not going to be able to move for those history banging fuckwits. I mean, it's going to yeah, be. Let me say to those of you who have never seen the scum in the league, the bin dippers in the league, okay? There's a scene in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade <laughs> where rats come out of the fucking sewers, okay? That's what it's going to be like. They will be everywhere. Oh. You think it's bad now, chat? Honestly, they will be, and they will not. They they could win this league this year, and then not win it for another hundred and twenty four years. They will still be singing about that one title, and to put an invincibles tag with it, I want to puke. No, no, that needs to go. That needs to go quite quickly. It's it's getting to the Man City stage, isn't it? Of last year, we were going, oh, oh yeah, you know. But at least with City, we could have gone, yeah, but they got lots of money. Liverpool pains me to say it, have sort of gone about it the right way. So, right, right. Yeah, you know... That bench of mongs. Oh, God, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh. ho- hopefully, I mean, as you say, it'd be nice if we took it off them, um, but I'd rather it doesn't come to that, you know? <laughs> no, but it'd be classic <laughs> Mourinho to shithouse his way and take the record off them today and then brag about it for 10 years, wouldn't it? So, and, and let's be honest, you know, I... I Spurs are irrelevant to me. I couldn't give a fuck if they're, unless they're first, I couldn't give a fuck if they're second, 10 points above us, 14 points above us, or or in the championship. I, they're, they're nothing. You know, they literally are nothing. So who cares? Absolutely. Um, J-Rob's uh, donated. My apologies, J-Rob. I missed you earlier on. Thank you ever so much, pal. You're an absolute rock star. We love you. Um, no, I'm not going to mention that. I don't care. Um, sorry. Uh, back to you, Femi. I want to ask you this one again now because um, Guna Kirk says our players are far too weak this season. I don't remember losing so many, so often, so so, um, uh, so many injuries as this season. I think we should bring Santi back in. He said he wants to come back. Um, I can go about the first part of the question. Um, I mean, the second part of the questions are probably a no go anyway. I think Santi's happy to be back in Spain, you know, that's, that's where, he, you know, he's just, the weather probably suits, you know, his, his age and his style of play now. On the first point, I think we've been a lot more durable to injuries. I know we've had, like, the last few games, we've had a player come off uh, during a game due to injury, but looking at our sort of injury list, it's down to, you know, two sort of long-term injuries, which is... Uh, Callum Chambers and Kieran Tierney and Bellerin I personally think what they're doing is they're starting him all over again I think they've sort of taken the decision to take him out of the firing line give him a proper workout get him properly fit and then bring him back so I don't think 
I don't personally think that he's injured. I think that they just saw, you know, we've brought him back a little bit too fast. We need to reset and start again. But apart from that, we've got no one else sort of on the shelf. You know, we've lost Torreira today. Hopefully it's not too bad of a injury. So I think in terms of comparing it to, you know, some of the few years ago when we used to have mo- just countless amount of players on the injury on the injury list. I mean, it's it's got a lot more better, I think, personally. I don't know what you guys think. I, I agree with you. I think, you know, you, 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 you look at the start of the season... We had Hector on long-term injury. We had Holden on long-term injury. Um, you, know, you can't account for today with Torreira. Sterney mm. was on long-term injury when he signed. Um, you know, the, the Chambers injury was just... was just a, that, that was just unlucky. And I think getting rid of Darren Burgess has been a massive issue for us, if I'm very honest. I think Unai Emery... Ruin this team regard to fitness and the way he did things. It was I don't think he's done anything scientifically properly. I think he's I think the way he you know he brought Holding back too early. He brought um, Hector back too early. I think you know you, you you've seen consistency in the mismanagement of players, and you know after long term injuries there are going to be problems. You, you can't get away from it. Okay, you just can't get away from it. Um, uh, and you know, it, it, it's a case of they, when when in managing them back, you have to do that properly. You have to do it properly. You can't. When I am showing you how to fucking not manage a football team in every way, shape, and form, especially and with know, Hector's history as well. Oh. He's had a he's had a few sort of what I would call not not necessarily long term injuries, but. You know injuries that are, yeah. his game is based on speed, movement, quickness. You know hamstrings, ankles—they're all susceptible. You know if it was Xhaka in this position where you're saying he relies on just his physicality, you wouldn't be so worried. But when Bellerin came back, you could noticeably see um, that there's a there, he was a step he was a step off, and that's natural. You know talk to Dom about what the effect of that injury has, but he it wasn't like he'd lost a, a step; it was like he'd lost two steps. And like Femi says, I think he I think they're managing him. And, you know, a lot more carefully now and, and a lot more sensibly um, because you can ruin a player's career by forcing him back too soon, you know? Yeah, and, and, and it's so difficult, you know. Um, you know, you, you, you look at it, okay, the, the scientific um, uh, work that goes into bringing these players back now is so well developed. You've got to do it properly. And I think with Arteta, hopefully he'll have a better ped doc online to help <laughs> Oh, the one Harry Kane uses? Oh, mark my, mark my words, chat. Today is the 11th of January, okay? The news came out last night that Harry Kane will be missing until mid-April. That twat will be back in that Spurs shirt by March. What I'm telling you now, guarantee it. He will be back in that shirt early March. Watch it happen. his head. As for the Santi bit, look, Santi, there's a reason Santi left us. The poor bugger, you know, he nearly lost his leg. Um He's in a walking league now, and he's doing very well. Leave him there. He, he can't cope with the. He couldn't cope with the Premier League in 2016, to be honest with you. He'd admit that himself, anyway. Yeah. And, and, and God bless the yeah. guy that he's still yeah. got a career. You know, what, I, I, what, think what a man. I think it's a great testament to him that he's come back and put in the performances to get back into the Spanish team. Yeah, and the international yeah. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's amazing what he's done, and and that league suits him perfectly because it is yeah. more possession based. 
it, it, yeah, I'm, I'm brilliant. I'm really happy for him. And let's stop looking backwards and start looking forwards. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, I love Santi. Okay, I got, I got plenty to say. Which people don't like about it, but to see him come back after all he's been through is joyous for us all, and we should all wish him the very best. Yeah, Chris, this one's especially for you. Ryan Cost, okay, when he donated. Thank you, Ryan. Is it time to step away from Guendouzi? Seems to me he runs wildly on the pitch. Sabayos seems more of a disciplined option. I'm really interested as to what what you're going to say here because I know you like both players. Yeah. Um, who was the second player? Sorry, Guendouzi. Okay. Yeah. I mean, again, I th I th sorry to, to be a, sorry to to make it sound like a bit of a cop out answer, but I genuinely don't know because. We started this season with so much promise, with so much, so much hope and expectation, and since then we've changed managers twice. You know, I'm I'm still getting to grips with actually trying or actually enjoying watching the football club I love again. It's been a while, you know. It's it's been a while, and for all I came on these shows and, and in our groups, and I would always defend Emery because because I don't like seeing people just go after a manager because when you've you know, when you've managed a team of people at work or, you know, if you've been in management, senior management, or you, you know, you've managed a sports team, as I know you have, Jason, and obviously I have, you understand that it's never just about one person. It's a whole, it's, it's a collective. Things go wrong. Things happen. Managers change things that don't work. And then they find it impossible to get that same group of players to go, oh, that's not working. I think that's where, I think it's the biggest failing that Unai Emery had is he tried, he tried to change too much in too short space of time and when the players didn't buy into it he had nowhere to go he just had to go backwards and then it all unwound and then the Urzel thing and blah 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 blah. so I just I just think that in terms of this squad right now um where the injuries are where we're where we are currently you know we're in we're in a transfer window. we're almost halfway through this transfer window although it doesn't seem like anyone does anything until 31st of January but we we need to be keeping as many players as we can right now because we need bodies we need numbers and, and Arteta needs to be looking at the players that he fancies. He doesn't strike me as the sort of character who will take too long to make his mind up about players. He'll see them in training and make his choices. You know, for, for all the um, uh, question marks I have about the, you know, the, 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 the world suck off of Guardiola, he is the best coach in the world because his, his um, record backs that up. Um, but what he and indeed the new uh, suck off world manager Jurgen Klopp having comment is they're ruthless. They might be nice personalities um, on documentaries and they might say the right things in the media and they might take the praise where they deserve it, but they are ruthless. They will manage players in the right ways. They'll pick the right players for the right systems and they will bin off the players that don't get on board with what they're looking to do. Um, and I think Arteta has that side of his personality in, in his substitutions, in his lineups. Um, and, and the way he speaks and, and that first quote in that press conference, you know, players that are not on board will not be part of my plans. I think Guendouzi is part of his plans. I think he's put a lot of faith in, in bringing him off the bench when he could easily have gone with other options. He could easily have brought Luis into midfield and played another defender. You know, he could have gone gone to Willock. Um, he could have played one sitting midfielder and played three strikers. I do think Guendouzi will, as I said earlier, I think I think he will come good. Um, Sabios, part of, yeah, I want it to come good because I saw a re I, I saw a technically really good player at Real Madrid, and I still think that player's there. Um, but again, time will tell. And, and with the loan, we have protected ourselves. Um, I, I, I'm just, I just think it's really, really early to be judging any players at this stage. And 
we we could legitimately get to the end of the season and the squad you see now could have five or six of those players gone again um and you could have four or five in and and that's i think it's i think i think too many people are looking at the end result of arteta's um methods rather than looking at the here and now um and and focusing on the good things arteta's doing you know he's turning ainsley maitland niles into a competent right back he's turning granite Xhaka into a player that the fans are willing to stomach again um he's ter- he's turned lucas torreira back into the player we knew lucas torreira was not just positionally but his is all his overall game he's, he's coaching the defense into a defense again you know it's You've seen an instant improvement in, yeah. in performances from players who were, were way out of form under yeah. Unai, okay? The one thing I'll say is I think they're going to be, you know, you, you can't deny Danny Ceballos' talent. You can't deny mm. it. It's there for all to see. You can't deny that um, uh, Macho Guendouzi's a talent. I think there's going to be some, some comings and goings which are very unexpected. I'm not sure what's going to happen in January. I don't think much is going to happen in January. But I think the summer, I think we're all going to, I think some of us are going to be hurt and surprised and just, you know, we're, I think some unexpected players are going to leave. And I think we're going to have some unexpected incomings as well. But just, as long um, as the ones that uh, Mickey Arteta wants, then yeah. happy days. Just one other really quick thing. I mean, quick, I don't want to carpenter it, but. Um, I have I have definitely noticed a change in in our system out of possession. There's a notable change, and I know everyone is. I know everyone's saying, "Oh, it's the pressing, it's the pressing." It's not the pressing. It's it's the focused mindset of what to do and when. It, it's knowing when you're a central midfielder. You you go back and watch the tapes of the Man United game and today's game. I noticed it again. Watch that midfield. They only go when the right time to go is. They only drop back when the right time is. They only play passes at key times when there are runners in positions. Before, we would just try and force it or we just yeah. sit deep and try and keep the ball. There's There's been a noticeable change in how the system is technically set up, which is really good, really impressive. The, 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 the setup and positioning yeah. has been impeccable. And, and awareness yeah, running yeah. around, you know, following runners, yeah, yeah. And well, we switched off with the it's corner, not flawless. But, no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's still working on it, but yeah. Femster, this one's for you. I don't know where it's from, so apologies. Um, what would your front three be against Sheffield United? I can't I, I do remember who this is from. Is it David Keith? David, wherever this is from, apologies. We haven't got your name. Um, what would your front three be against Sheffield United as Auba and Laka will be suspended? And as I'm yeah. going to the Emirates um, next week, I would claim a refund as I'm flying from Lanzarote. <laughs> yeah, I did see this question, yeah. Um, um, what I would say is Laka is not suspended. The five-game amnesty resets after the halfway point of season. So Laka is not suspended. That's we, we have to clear that one up first of all. Uh, with that being said, I think you just have to stick Martinelli in um, at the moment in place of um, or Bamiyang. Really, I think that's the only change we can make. Yeah. Um, I can't see anything, you know, different because we will need a senior striker. Uh, I know Martinelli's played up front on the Emery, but he seems to, you know, drop to his preferred left-sided position now. I think we will need a, you know, Lacar, we need Pepe, you 
know, Ozil at home will open things up. So I, I think we'll pretty much go with that. And then you, you just look, is Pereira going to be fit? Probably not. So we probably will have to go with the same midfield that we went with today. So I, I don't see many changes, to be honest. And I think less changes we make, the better. I think, like Chris was saying, the structure of the team is what's important at the moment. You know, chopping and changing players at the moment, I, I think Arteta seems to be against it. Um, I, I can't see any proof that chopping and changing works anyway. So, you know, we can keep a pretty much settled team for now and just, just build from there, really. The main thing is to get confidence for the Europa League, I'll be honest with you. I, I think continuity will bear fruits. A bit of continuity. So when you're when you're changing players, one or two here or there is fine yeah, on occasion. Yeah. But, you know, you need that spine. You need plan A worked on well. You need to be able to, to fall back on on good practices it's 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 that old thing you know why you know i don't i'm i'm so lucky because i practice so much i can't remember the exact quote but do you know what i mean you know it's it's making sure you're drilled to perfection um as for your as for his refund don't worry about your refund uh emirates has been really good recently um the last couple of games the atmosphere has been bouncing a lot more positivity a lot more songs you know you'll have fun uh Make sure you bring a lot of money for um, <laughs> for food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm beer, I'm beer. Um, I'll answer the next just, one. Pete just on that, it. just on yeah. that, Jace as well. Um, uh, we're we we we're, we're planning a an ABW game, aren't we? At some point um, this season, we are planning to try and get our diaries together oh. to uh, to meet up. So. Um, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, don't worry, we're not going to be selling merchandise, nor will we be signing babies. But um, <laughs> when, when we when we have a game in mind, uh, honestly... 20 quid a selfie. 20 quid a selfie. Uh, so they'll, they'll pay us to not have us in pictures. That's what I mean. That's, That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. Let's take Dom. Dom's we, 50. We can't, we can't say too much at this stage, but uh, somebody from our group, um, is planning something quite special, so we're hoping to align our diaries at some point. So, if we do and and, and we are coming to a, a game or whatnot, then then obviously it'd be lovely to meet some of you nice people. So there you go. And, and Sam, it'll, it'll be lovely not to meet you as well. Oh God, yeah, some um, of you. Yeah, I'm still out there. The funniest thing was when we were up, but uh, we did stadium tour with Dom. Okay, and we were doing the stadium tour and. I can't remember the gentleman's name, but he's from Ireland. Oh, and, yes. Yeah. And he said, you're Chris. From yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the poor bastard. Oh, it was hilarious. He was hoping for, like, David O'Leary and he got me. Sorry. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, on, on, on to the next question. Right, Pete Colson asked, and my question, Martinelli is due to join the Brazil Under-23 squad for tournament. Despite Laka being suspended, um, I think Auber being suspended three games, should we absolutely stop him, or should um, uh, or should bear shit in the woods? I don't know if we can <laughs> stop him or not. Uh, I don't um, think you can stop him. Well, no, I I think they asked Arteta about this yesterday in a press conference. Yeah, this isn't an official international tournament, so uh, we have okay, not released okay, him. It's it's not a FIFA sanctioned tournament. It's a practice uh, tournament for the the Olympic squad and he hasn't been picked from all the squads that I've seen mm -hmm. and they're already training as well so he, I don't think yeah. Arsenal have sanctioned it. Oh, which we're, so we might not even mind. have to worry about it then in theory. 
Yeah, I don't think we have to. I mean, we, if we were, it would have it would have happened right now because they've already met up for the tournament. It's only and he would have missed five games. So I, I don't think Arsenal sanctioned it, which is a smart move on our part. To be honest. Yeah. Um, Rudy Rastos mentions um, Xhaka wearing the captain's armband after Alba went off. I think that's great, to be honest with you. I think the rehabilitation is on. I think mm. we need to move on from that. And, you know, I want that it. changed in the summer, though. Really uh, to, to be honest, Dave, what what we want and what's going to happen are two different things. I want. Oh yeah, just uh, from a know, selfish point of view, I want I want a proper captain next season. One captain but, going in, knowing who it is, you know. But to be honest, I want a couple of proper midfielders because. Yeah, you know, that too. I mean, I want I want all the things. Yeah, I want all, all the toys. toys. <laughs> I want all the toys, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, David Keith, um, who am I asking this to? Chris, I'm asking this to. Um, Laka. Laka to play number 10, Alba up front, as I believe Alba on the right is wasted. What do you think? No, 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 no. No, this, this myth about Lacazette being able to play wider in the turn, no. Um, yes, he can do it because he's a very competent technical footballer, but he's wasted. He's a goal scorer. He's an attacker through the middle. He can play wide, but the only the only time you can play him wide is if it's a very narrow 4-2-3-1, so the, the, the three behind the one are very close together. Um, you don't get the best out of him, simple as that, unless unless you've got uh, a lightning speed striker, which, you know, Yang's quick, don't get me wrong, but he doesn't make the sort of runs that that, um, that Lacazette would need to play in that role. Um, nah, we... Again, I'm, I'm not Mesut bashing. Genuinely, I'm not. But I don't think this club will go forward um, in an attacking standpoint until we stop relying on the use of the number 10. Um, you know, we, Lacazette, you'll get the best out of Lacazette if you've got three pacey technical players behind him until we've got that um, or until we change our system to accommodate that into the, the Mesut style of play. I don't think you'll get it. So, no, for me, it's uh, it's a no on that one, I'm afraid. Okay, I'm on to the next one. We're going to run through these very quickly now because we've gone, been gone far too long. Um, Don Juan asks, is Gwen Dewey's young Willock ready for first-team football or do we need to bring in senior players to back up Jacques and Torreira? I think with both Gwen Dewey and Willock, they need to be managed properly. I think there's been, with Norse's sort of style of play under Unai and under um, Freddie, to be honest with you. Um, you know, they've, these players have suffered. Um, and you know this, this. You know there was a question from the KLBC. He said, "Why wasn't Laka subbed off Nelson fifteen minutes sooner?" Well, Nelson's that not done a lot to earn a place, to be honest. And experience as well. Yeah, and I think know, Laka, If you look at the chance that Laka created for Pepe, that's why he's kept on as well. Yeah, exactly. you know, they, 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 that happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I think a lot with these young kids. You know, they're, they're still young. Not everybody is a. Ashley Cole. Not everybody's a Patrick Gere. We have to manage them properly. And I yeah. think, you know, that, you know, let's leave, see what Mickey Arteta does. Um, question for all of us. Don Wan asked about uh, Michael Harneman and Pete Colson. They've all asked about um, uh, transfers. But do you think, confirm me you first, then Chris, then I'll ask answer him. Do you think we're going to sign anyone in January? Yes. I think we'll get a midfielder and a defender because... I've seen one thing that Chris said about ruthlessness. There's one name that has just disappeared from all traces of the earth at the moment since he's one mistake, Mustafi. <laughs> so if, if we've been Mustafi, which it seems that we have, we will be getting a centre-back in. And I think you can see that we need a central midfielder in as well. Chris? Yeah, yeah, 100% agree with Femi. I, yeah, um, I've been... 
constantly um, poking at people for information and nobody's giving me nothing. But um, the few people I do speak to seem confident that we're actively in the market. be interesting to see what happens within Ketia because we saw John Jules and uh, Emil Smith-Rowe go out and loan, didn't we, yesterday? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, I actually think Emil Smith-Rowe is also a victim of what Femi just said, the, the ruthlessness. Uh, not that he's not got the talent, but I think Arteta saw him in the couple of games Freddie played him and went, not ready yet, needs to get football. Um, and interesting that he's gone to Lincoln. No, John Jules went to Lincoln, Huddersfield, isn't it? Um, in the championship, which I think is exactly where he needs to be, rough and tumble, getting him getting him fixed up. So, yeah, I think, I think yeah, I have two, maybe as many as three, um, certainly Ooh. one alone. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about high profile, you know, one might be a, a player from, you know, Bundesliga or somewhere like that that, that isn't high profile. Uh, and I'd like to see us get two experienced players in. Somebody in midfield, again, I've mentioned Rabio, but somebody at least mid-20s or late-20s. Um, I'd like to see defensive cover that's experienced, even on loan. You know, and I'm talking not Gary Cahill, but someone of, you know, Premier League ready, somebody of that experience. Um, I don't mean Cahill, I'm just using him as an example, but somebody who's been there and done it. Um, and then, you know, forward line, I'm not that fussed. I think we're all right there, but... Two, two in midfield and, and one at the back would be nice. Maybe a left back, depending on what happens with Kolasinac's fitness. If he's all right, maybe we can get get through that. But yeah, I think we'll be active. But yeah, then, I, the only sorry, just to, just to ask a question. Sorry, and I think a lot of a couple of a couple of people have asked us in some of the questions about Eddie. What mm-hmm. do we now do with this Ketia situation? Because I'm looking at it as. We've lost one striker today, and all of a sudden we look sort of threadbare in sort of natural strikers. If something was to happen to Lacar, you know, long term, God forbid, touch wood, what we're pretty much screwed, aren't we? In terms and we're going to have to play, striker. and we're going to have to play Lacquer those three games regardless. So he's going to have to play a lot. Yeah, of football. and we've got Europa League coming back, which is mm-hmm. going to add a lot of football to our end of season if we progress. That's something I, we might have to think about. I think Eddie only goes back out on loan. I think I think originally he the, the plan was he goes on loan. With what's happened today, I think he only goes out on loan now if we've actively got somebody lined up that we are gonna bring in. Simple as that. I, I that's But then he, he can't but then he all, he can't play in January because if he plays for us, he can't go back on loan exactly. because he can only play for two teams in a season. Yeah, exactly. but I think the big thing is look if you if you look at it, okay. What what does Eddie win a place? He, he wins a place on the bench simply as a number, right? Mm-hmm. You've still got Reese Nelson, okay. Who, who you know you you could play him up top. I'm not sure how you're gonna you're gonna manage that. Pepe. You know Eddie's game. He's a fox in the box. He's not gonna add anything. Uh, you know, as a creator, as somebody bringing other play, players into the game. That's one of the things that Bielsa spoke about or has alluded to. Mm. You know, I think Arteta's just going to make a decision. At the moment, Lacazette, Obama, Young, Martinelli, that's the order. Somebody's going to have to do something pretty spectacular to kind of break that. I don't think Eddie's got that in him. So I think game time is more important than actually, you know, just having a number for the bench. You can use Nelson, Pepe, um, Saka. You know, there are players there. The sort, of striker, gonna... the sort of striker we need as well is is not, I mean, right now, 
we we could we could do with um, a a Olivier Giroud type striker. We could do with somebody who's different to what we've got. Eddie is very much what we've got. Yeah. He's like Lacazette, um, and that's not a knock at him. But he's you know he's another poacher. I think if we're going to potentially tap the market, whether it be now or in the summer, I think we need to go with a plan B. We need a striker who, with twenty minutes to go, we can chuck on up front. Who's you know again, Olivier Giroud got a lot of stick in his time, largely un- unmerited who's technically good, maybe not the quickest, but can get on the end of headers, can get on the end of of, of flowing moves, can hold up the ball, because that's one thing we really lack. Um, we need it, we could do with a plan B. So if you've got a really what you what you need to do right now is just go through the European leagues, have a look at some of the the top ten teams, um, and and see who's not getting game time, you know, and and which is exactly what Spurs are having to do with, with Kane. They're in a similar situation, you know, but um, yeah, you, you need something a bit different, and Eddie's very similar to what we've got already. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the thing. I mean, if you're going to bring players in in January, okay, I think the the, the loan market is obviously, um, uh, you know, the 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 way the way forward, okay. Um, I think you know no, you've, got to, you've got to be looking at midfield first and foremost because. Whether it be Sabayos, whether it be Guendouzi, whether it be Willock, I don't think they had enough tough, uh, mental toughness, mental hardness, experience. And I think you need a bit more athleticism, a bit more size in there. You know, you see with Torreira, as good as his performances have been, and I've been quite harsh on Torreira, but physicality-wise, he falls off. He's, too, he's nowhere near what you need. So, you know, you, you have to kind of look at this and... Mikel Arteta will have in mind what he wants to bring in. Now, whether that means Mustafi leaving and other players leaving or whatever, as long as the, it's, the, it's the players coming in that Arteta wants, great. I'd love to see a centre-back come in as cover. I think Chambers dropping out has been a massive hit for us. Um, Mavropanos, I, you know, I'm beginning to worry about Mavropanos because I don't see what he brings to us at the moment. He's not going to get a chance unless he goes out on loan. Holdings coming back. You have to hope he doesn't break down in injury with injury again. So there's so many questions to be answered here. Um, you know, fingers crossed now that the ball uh, that Raúl and Edu are working for and with Arteta to um, uh, to to bring his dream to fruition. But we're going to have to wait and see. Um, big big shout out, Kyan Jackson. Jamaican gunners are always here. I love it. Quick one to Adam. Adam, um, the Preston Invincibles, it was 1889 or whatever. For fuck's sakes. 130 years ago, it was hardly a proper sport then. You know, don't call that Invincibles. It's just not a proper sport. Behave yourself, okay? Crying out loud. Um, That's it for today, guys. Um, my thanks to the chat box, you've been superb. Massive thanks to Michael Harneman, Ryan Cost, and J Rob. As usual, guys, you're magnificent. And um, thank you for your donations. Um, huge thanks to the chat box, it's been really interesting. It's been a bit spiky in there at times. Um, it's been a difficult day for us, you know. We should have won that game, don't think we really deserve to, but we had you know, we had enough dominance to do it, and we, we didn't put, take it over the line. It's a shame. Um, my thanks to Femi on your debut. You popped your cherry, Sam. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Brilliant to have you on board, mate. I really, really am a, you know, 
glad you, you, you know you give you you're on the live show now. Um, my thanks to Carpenter, Chris. I think me and you Carpenter the shit out of that for a bit. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's killer. Don't come on as, as often now. I got so much to say, but no, no, it's. We did, to be fair. We did. I, you know, I gotta be honest. You know, we, we, we. I'm not gonna give you all the blame on that part. <laughs> no, so it's good fun, and uh, yeah, believe in the um, believe in the process, people. Take yeah, time, I think. You know, good time. I think it's still, yeah, it's still exciting times. Um, it's yeah. still exciting times. I'm beaten in five, Jace. Who'd have thought? Yeah. I mean, you know, God save Mickey Arteta. Yeah. Um, on, on a last note, to those of you listening on any other. Um, the platforms, whether it be Acast, uh, iTunes, ever. If you want to join the chat box, subscribe to the YouTube channel, click on the bell icon, and you will be um, notified whenever we go live. If you'd like to give us some five star iTunes ratings, that'd be lovely. Thanks. We just want five star ones, that's all we want. None of the other petty ones, thank you. That'd be nice. Um, to those guys who did walk and talk today, you are magnificent. Thank you ever so much. You keep on doing both clubs proud. It's Paul Price of Crystal Palace and their mob. Um, and to um, Jake Core and the boys from the Arsenal mob. Well done, lads. You are magnificent. You great work. And we're ever, ever so proud of you. Thank you. And once again, it's Dave Faber's birthday today. To the one and only Gunaholic. You know, there's only one Gunaholic, right? Oh? Um, we miss you, mate. We love you. Thank you ever so much. Take care. Good night. Keep it Arsenal, people. Well, I just got one really quick one I want to shout out because I thought this is the only platform I can do it on. Uh, uh, Pritpal Purawal sent me um, a quite generous donation on PayPal towards the Pirates. So I just wanted to say thank you to Pritpal if he's listening, uh, he or she. I presume it's a he. But yeah, thank you very much. I got that nine days ago, but I haven't found you on Twitter or anything. I don't know how to get in touch with you. So thank you ever so much. I appreciate it. Oh, well done. Okay, brilliant. That's it, guys. Take care. Keep it Arsenal. We look forward to seeing you next weekend. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down, dog.